On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into the nasty narratives around Chet Holmgren playing center. Mark speaks out on adding a star and answering your mailbag questions. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. You can even text the show, 405-963-3686. On today's show, we're diving into Chet Holmgren playing center. It's once again became the hot-button topic of the afternoon. Mark Dagnall speaks out on adding a star to this Thunder team, and we're going to answer your mailbag questions as well. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're here for you every single day. Make sure you subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube, where it would help a lot if you comment and like the video as well as subscribe. Plus, again, you can text the show for 05-963-3686 with updates from training camp, uh, re- recaps of press conferences. We're going to talk about the show on there. You have access to the front of the line on mailbags and a lot more stuff that we're hearing on the text line. Now, the big topic today is Chet Holmgren playing center. This was discussed on the Hoop Collective podcast. It's an ESPN podcast with Brian Winhorst and Bomb Thames and Tim McMahon. And, and they mentioned Chet Holmgren playing center. And that's where Tim Bomb Temps He's just flat out wrong. And I think that it's okay to say he was flat out wrong. And so he's discussing Chet playing center and he says, it's possible to play center for Chet, but when you play Jokic, Steven Adams, DeAndre Ayton, Jonas Valanciunas, Rudy Gobert, it's not going to be a fun matchup. He says that Chet Holmgren will be beaten up pretty good inside by traditional centers. Now McMahon and Wendy tried to, um, enlightened bomb temps on Chet playing center. But it's as simple as this is a lazy narrative that is going to continue to be spoken into existence for quite some time. Like this is not going to go away anytime soon until we see Chet Holmgren play basketball for a, for a large sample size. Because right now it's just easy. Whenever you're covering all 30 teams and you're trying to to pontificate as if you know all the nooks and crannies of all these teams, you get these ideas in your head and you stick with them for as long as possible as a Band-Aid over the topic, a Band-Aid over the situation. And so uh, it is easy to say, okay, whenever I get asked about Chet Holmgren, what am I going to say? He's too skinny. He can't play center. We move on. So you you get these crutches that, that aid you in discussing all 30 teams. And it's like this for every franchise in the NBA. Like like every fan base has something about their team that national folks get wrong. And there's just nothing you can do about it. But the bottom line is with Chet Holmgren specifically, it doesn't make a lot of sense as just a basketball observer, much less someone who's of course paid to cover the entire league. Let's go through it one by one. 
So the idea that Chet Holmgren cannot stop Jokic and Embiid and even Anthony Davis at the peak of their powers, that is 100% true. But the thing is, nobody can. There's not a single person on the Thunder roster who can stop those players. So whether Chet plays the, the four, the three, the two, the one, the five, whether he comes on the, off the bench, whether he doesn't play at all, nobody on the Thunder roster can stop those players. Let's take it a step further. When those three players are at their very best, nobody in the NBA can stop those guys. It's a reason why Jokic and Embiid have MVPs. It's a reason why Jokic uh, won the NBA Finals last year. It's, it's a reason why AD has an NBA Finals you know, under his belt. It, it, it is a a group of big men that nobody can stop. So it doesn't matter who plays center in those games against those talented big men. It does not matter at all for the Thunder or for the NBA. But once you get past those three, there is no one else that you're afraid of if you're the Thunder having Chet Holmgren play center. Because in order for them to quote-unquote exploit this matchup, it would take the other team changing how they play basketball to which you would say thank you. Not only would you say thank you, you would send them a gift basket and you would you would load it up with exotic chocolates, with champagne, with the most expensive wine you can. You would thank them. A personal handwritten letter from the entire organization for changing how they play. You can go through it one by one. Let's just take the names that Bomtemps mentioned here because what he did was look at the Western Conference standings and talk about the big men on those teams. Aiton, let's go there. The entire knock on DeAndre Aiton for his entire life has been that this is a guy who, who shies away from taking over games with his body. He looks like a player who should dominate the game down low with his body, but he's not consistent enough doing so. So that's out. Steven Adams. We love Steven Adams in Oklahoma City, but we all know what he can do and what he can't do. And so while everyone loves Steven Adams, while he's a fan favorite and a great guy, I beg Memphis, I, I beg them, on my hands and knees, I beg them to please take the ball away from John Morant. Please take the ball away from Jaron Jackson Jr. Please do not spray the ball out to Desmond Bain to hit a three. But instead, pound the ball into Steven Adams over and over and over and over and over again for all 48 minutes and pray that he can hit that turnaround bunny shot. I, I would love nothing more than every time that the Thunder play the Grizzlies, their entire game plan is to stick to dumping the ball inside to Steven Adams. That would be a huge win for the Thunder before you ever step on the floor if that's the idea for Steven Adams. And then, to even bring up Jonas Valanciunas is ridiculous. We've seen the Pelicans try this very thing against this very Thunder team. In a winner-go-home game for a Pelican squad that had a lot riding on that game. You're at home. You're in the playing tournament after a disappointing season. You're trying to gain something back from this season. And the entire goal was to exploit Jay Will, go down to Valanciunas, and what happened? He scored eight points in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to work, but you cannot sustain that course of action. You cannot play outside of yourself and outside of your rhythm and routine that frequently. And so while he scores eight points in the first quarter, he finishes with 16 points and it ruined the Pelicans offensive flow for stretches of games. They couldn't commit to it. And the Thunder on the road in an elimination playoff, you know, environment series, you know, environment like situation, they beat the Pelicans. 
Then you take Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert could, of course, you know, get dunks and everything on Chet Holmgren. He could also get blocked. Like we just kind of forget that Chet Holmgren is like a generational rim protector, but that's fine. Uh, but again, I say when Memphis comes to town, or you should, should say Minnesota comes to town, or you go to Minnesota, when you play the Timberwolves, I would love nothing more than for you to discard Carl Anthony Towns and discard Anthony Edwards and, and just rely on Rudy Gobert dunks. I would love nothing more than that. Because Chet's going to get dunked on a few times. He's also going to get a few blocks. And those are possessions that were just, you know, end without your best players being involved whenever you try to purposefully exploit a certain matchup like this. And it's awful funny how we only talk about one side of these matchups. The thing is, this isn't hockey, right? It's not like Chet's going to stay on the defensive end of the floor the whole time and not go offensively. When the thing switches over to offense, cement-footed Steven Adams has to guard Chet Holmgren on the perimeter. Jonas Valanciunas, DeAndre Ayton, and even, oh yeah, Rudy Gobert, they have to guard Chet Holmgren outside. And it's just not going to work out for them very well. And so at best, it's a wash. And most often, more often than not, it'll be a win for the Thunder getting the better of that individual matchup in terms of offensive production and for offensive production. So I, I just think that this is completely flawed and just completely ridiculous to, to, to continue to um, trot out this idea that Chet's too small to play center. He's skinny. Of course he is. But no one is going to literally break him. Like, no one's going to literally put their shoulder into him and snap him like a twig, as the memes say. That's not even what happened in his injury that he sustained last year. And while he'll get scored on down low, he'll also swat away more than his fair share of shots, but no one is going to pour the ball ball into the low block for 48 minutes. Nobody is. This comes down to pure laziness, especially to throw in Valanciunas, who we've already seen that story. We've already read that chapter. It didn't work against a, six, a 6'10 J-Will, and J-Will was in the right position. J-Will did his best that game and, and, and was, was on it, but... He's not the rim protector that even the protector that even Chet Holmgren is, despite being a sturdier body. So this is a bit ridiculous to even discuss. Uh, um, if he can or can't play center, the Thunder believe that he can. The Thunder view him as a center, and we'll see. We'll, we're going to get the answer um, soon as he debuts. But nonetheless, saying that he can't defend Jokic and Embiid is just wasting your breath. Find me who can. Let's say that the Thunder, for example, drafted Derek Lively. They traded to Dallas for Casey Wallace. If they had Derek Lively at the five and Shed at the four, would you then just feel overwhelmingly excited and, and, and interested in, in their matchup with Embiid and with Jokic? Would you then feel just overcome with emotion that that duo could stop Jokic? Because Chet's now magically playing the floor four, and they have a, a, a rookie center in Derek Lively? No. You would still say that Jokic and Embiid and AD, if they're playing their best basketball that night, are going to get the better of the Thunder. Because they get the better of everyone. So that's just the way the cookie crumbles when you're talking about those generational big men. And we'll see what Chet Holmgren can do. I think that it is being forgotten in these debates, though, that you have to then come guard Chet on the other side of things. And 
that entire list of guys who you don't think Chuck can guard, like Aiton, Gobert, um, Adams, they for certain cannot guard Chet Holmgren. Now, I want to say right now, but good friends over at DoorDash. Folks, you know all about DoorDash, right? You've used DoorDash before. I know you have. We, we, we can sit here and lie to ourselves. I know you've used DoorDash before because it's great. You, you can get food delivered to your door and you don't feel like cooking. You can you can throw a party and then and then have that portion of the party taken care taken care of for you where they just bring you your food and everything else. But did you know you can take this a step for, uh, you know, forward? DoorDash now also will bring you groceries. So if you're sitting there making pancakes and you look over and wow, out of maple syrup, but I got these pancakes already cooking and you're not going to eat dry pancakes, then boom, you can just order DoorDash and uh, order you some maple syrup. If you've already brewed that cup of coffee and you're not going to drink it black, okay, calm down, tough guy. We all know you're not drinking coffee black and you're out of your favorite creamer. Guess what? DoorDash can bring you that favorite creamer. So go there right now because DoorDash grocery delivery is a game changer. It's awesome. So check it out today because you've trusted DoorDash to deliver you your favorites from your restaurants. Now you can trust them to get groceries. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you can get the best from your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. So make sure you go there right now. And when you do, you can go to uh, you can go and use Locked On NBA at checkout for a limited time offer right now. You can get 50% off of an order of up to $20 on of minimum subtotal. Make sure that you check it out today because whenever you do, you get $50 off of that $20 minimum order with zero delivery fees on the first order whenever you go there right now and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's DoorDash, code LOCKEDONNBA, for $50 off your first DoorDash order. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Folks, we have been discussing the Thunder possibly adding a star, trading for a star for a very long time. A very, very long time. It is something that the fans extremely want. And and I've said on this podcast before, I'm not sure that they're ever going to trade for a star. I think that they might just trade for a nice, you know, fifth starter or a nice rotational piece. Or they might do nothing at all. But the bottom line is they're not staring down the barrel of having to make a decision. And for some reason, it feels that way to the fan base because this rebuild has seemingly happened at a warp speed. It feels like they've got to do something. They've got to go all in. They've got to push in their chips on this core. But the bottom line is that they don't. They don't have to. And so the NBA is doing their 30 teams in 30 days series. It feels a bit later this year than they usually do it, but oh well. Uh, Sunday was Thunder Day. There was a huge mishap on NBA TV where they weren't showing the stuff that they said they were going to show. I don't know if they're going to correct that or what. But anyway, they did release their digital content on NBA.com. And part of that digital content was a Q&A with Mark Dignall. And he mentioned a few things that were pretty interesting. Let's start with adding a star. He was asked about this popular question for the Thunder to add a star. And he says that they're very excited about the existing young core. And last year was the first example of the power of continuity, not only for the Thunder, but you look at Denver. They won the championship and obviously they've made roster changes over the years, but they've got those cumulative years together. That's very important to us. And they, and they don't mean that they won't, you know, you know, potentially per, you know, pursue a external trade or anything like that, but they've got their eye on that. Sam does as well, but they, they really value the, the 
continuity aspect of team building. And so I think that this is just kind of a insight on how the Thunder are viewing the situation. The way that you can take the approach to this season for me is a wait and see year. That's not to say the Thunder are going to tank or not care about winning. But the bottom line is the Thunder, who have this amazing young core, and people are really excited about the core four of Shea, Giddy, J Dub, Chet. They have played zero minutes together. Zero. Kason Wallace has played zero minutes. Usman Jang has hardly played in his NBA career in the grand scheme of things. So this year will be just as much about exploring the roster, exploring lineups and, and, and developing players as last year was. Now, last year was like that, and it didn't stop you from making a 16-win improvement to get to the play-in tournament. So this year, you will likely still see a, a win improvement. I think that that's pretty easy to say. But you're still going to wait and see. This is a year where you see what you have and you, and you see how they will mesh together. And you get that first data point If you were to add something, you are just completely and totally guessing. And so I think that with this Thunder team, you've got to let this year be a wait-and-see year. And it feels like that the time is now to make an all-in move. It's just simply not. Time is not running out on the Thunder. Let's look at Denver, who people are now legitimately afraid of, of having this dynastic run. Jokic was in his fifth playoff series. An eighth season when he captured that title. Jamal Murray, that's his fourth playoff series. These things take time. This Thunder core has zero playoff series. You look at Shea, he's got zero playoff series as the man. He's played in two others, as you know, complimentary pieces, but zero as the guy. Lou Dort, zero playoff experience in his series that did not take place in Disney World. Mark. Zero playoff experience as head coach. You are at the ground level of this, even though it's felt like it's happened at warp speed because it was only a two-year postseason drought, and this Thunder core already looks to be you know one of the best young collection of talents that the, that the NBA has ever seen, which is saying a lot for this Thunder organization who, who previously had an amazing collection of young talent. But time is not actually running out, and so the Thunder are going to do their due diligence, but they believe in this in this core. They believe in what they can do as just simply waiting and seeing and letting this team grow together because you don't want to overreact. I, I hate to always beat up on Minnesota, but Minnesota overreacted. They got that taste of success. Then they, they used all their assets to go get Rudy Gobert, who does not fit at all. But had they given themselves another year or two to compile data on where the shortcomings were on that roster, they would have seen a better pathway to improve their roster. And the thing about the NBA is, no matter what star becomes available, if you don't pounce on it, another one's right around the corner, and usually they get better. Even this summer, we went from Dame asking out, like Damian Lillard, future Hall of Famer, asking out, to now Giannis is soft launching his trade request, and, and you know Giannis can be, play coy about it. You do not continue to drop these hits so, hints so far in advance for it to not ultimately add up and, and become a trade request in the near future. 
might not be within the course of this regular season, but next summer, the summer after, he's going to be asking for a trade. So we saw even just this summer the progression of Bradley Beal to Dame Lillard to now there's whispers about Giannis. So you can see how the train is never going to leave the station on disgruntled stars. So you're not running out of time externally or internally yet for the Thunder. And so I think that the power of continuity is a great way to put where the Thunder are at with this young core. They're just going to be in wait and see mode and, and collecting that data on this year's team. Uh, Mark also talked about Chet and talked about how he's a great competitor. He's ambitious and, and, and his work ethic is great. And he attacked the rehab process very well. Just a lot of good stuff about Chet, the basketball player that you hear from all aspects of, of people inside the organization. So for an organization who has such a strong culture and is built on the back of a strong culture, for them to all be giving such praise to Chet as a worker and as a player, it goes a long way. But that's where we're at with Mark's interview on NBA.com. You can go read the full thing on NBA.com. Uh, it's on the front page still, so go check it out. And coming up, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions and talk to you about what's coming up this week on Lockdown Thunder. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, coming up on Lockdown Thunder, we got some guests coming up this week. Uh Still working on the actual schedule of the record dates with those guests, so not sure with the dates that they'll come out, but some guests are coming. I want to get some guests in before the season begins so we can get some different perspectives on the season previews and uh, and, and what the season can be for the Thunder. Also, we'll have Sam Presti talking this week, so he'll give insight and be asked about a ton of things, be asked about the arena, he'll be asked about Poku's injury, he'll be asked about, I'm sure, getting a star, uh, as we just discussed with Mark. He'll be asked about everything under the sun, so uh, that'll be this week on Monday, We'll have a media day. So uh, Monday afternoon, we'll record the media day podcast about all the good th things that happen at media day and then training camp starts. And so we'll be at training camp. We'll be talking about what happens there as well. And then it's preseason time and then it's regular season time. And then we're here with more basketball. So we're back to five days a week, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So you never miss an episode. And we're going to do these mailbag Monday podcasts. Let's start with at Walter Crunk OKC. Who is the Thunder's most viable fantasy players for this year? So I have to admit, in the hustle and bustle of the NBA season, you know, doing the, the show, doing the website and everything else, uh, I, I'm not great at fantasy basketball. I'm just not. Um, so my opinion on this question might be fairly bad. I'm just going off of real, you know, real tangible life in the Thunder, and I'm not sure how it translates to um, fantasy. Cause I know like, for example, in football, right? Like, like Tom Brady. Yeah. He was, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he wasn't right. Like good at fantasy. Like he wasn't necessarily the, one of the better fantasy quarterbacks to draft. So there could be an element of that with this opinion uh, for the thunder, but make sure you check out locked on fantasy basketball. It's hosted by Josh Lloyd. I did a preview episode with him of the thunder season that you can go find. Uh, and he has the best fantasy podcast out there and, and provides the most content, but it's also just the, the literal best fantasy show. So if you're not already check out Josh Lloyd for all of your fantasy basketball needs. Uh, but uh, of course this depends on how big your league is and how the scoring aspect is. I think number one with the bullet, of course, is Shea of what he can do. Uh, I think that Josh Giddy would, would be a viable fantasy player, especially if you're playing in a, in a decently sized league, because he's going to compile some points. He's going to get some assists and some rebounds. Like he's going to get you pretty much some of, some of everything for Josh Giddy. So I, I think that Josh Giddy could be um, a viable option. And then 
my thing with J-Dub and Josh, like I think that those two guys would be league dependent. I would go Chet. Um, I would go Chet as the third because I believe that there's certain leagues, right, where they do it based upon statistics of like points, blocks, rebounds, etc. You're going to rack up a ton of blocks with Chet. And I just, I fail to see a world where Chet is not scoring a lot just by pure nature of the, the flow of the offense. Like as a trailing three-point shooter in transition on cuts, uh, drive and kick opportunities. And then of course, getting just the pick and roll uh, game going with Shea and Josh Giddy. I think that Chet will rack up plenty of points. He'll rack up an absurd amount of blocks. And then he'll also throw you in some rebounds and everything else like that. So I think that I would go Shea, Josh, Chet as my three. Uh, let me know. Uh, you you guys will know, will know more about fantasy than I do in terms of fantasy basketball. In terms of like, is there ever a league big enough to where you'd get down and want to try out Mitchich or try out Joe? It, it, or does the leagues never really get that far? Like, how does it work with uh, fantasy basketball? Uh, but I would say those three. I would say that if you can get your hands on one of those three, you'd be in great shape. And then, of course, you can throw Jada in there as the wild card, who I think would still be a really good fantasy player. Uh, but I think that those three have kind of a clearer picture for what I think fantasy basketball kind of is. Uh, at Caleb T. Jones, can you rank the Thunder players in terms of usage this season? Uh, I'll rate the top 12, and then and then I'm going to say this question, Caleb, to do you justice, and I'm going to do it again um, on our last. At that point, we should have the um, Thunder roster set in stone. And as long as that's the case, the Thunder roster set in stone, I'll, I'll redo this question at that time. But for now, I'd say SGA, Josh Goody, J-Dub, Chet, Dort, Joe, Kenny Hustle, Mitchich, J. But those are the mailbag questions that we have this week. Um, the other question is about Casey Wallace's fit, and we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that on tomorrow's show because I do want to talk about how this roster looks uh, heading into the season, heading into next week. So tomorrow we're going to give you our roster projection, our final one before media day. And in that projection, we're, of course, going to project the lineups and everything. And I want to talk about how, who the Thunder have added and kind of how they fit on the roster. So, Isaac, your question is not lost. It will be answered tomorrow on the Thunder uh, roster prediction episode. So until then, be good and be good to one another.